From Humber College, in association with the Etobicoke Philharmonic Orchestra, my name is Mark Whale and this is the Music Listening Project. Today I will listen with the EPO's conductor Matthew Jones to Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. Great to have you here, Matthew. It's great to be back always and always a pleasure to talk about my favourite subject. Before we listen to the music, I think it's worth giving some background. When we think classical music, we tend to think of Central European, mainly German-speaking composers such as Bach, Beethoven and Brahms. But with the dawn of the Romantic period around 1825, a new sense of individuality was born and countries such as Norway, Czechoslovakia and Russia began to develop their own musical voices. In Russia, a group of composers gathered in St. Petersburg known as the Mighty Five, or more strangely, the, the Mighty Handful. They included Rimsky Korsakov, Mazorsky and Borodin, whose music will also be featured in the concert on the 25th. They formed at the Russian Nationalist School. What made them Russian seemed to be a focus on Russian folk song and distinctive Russian harmony. Stravinsky, who was born in St. Petersburg, knew them and became their successor. He composed the Firebird Ballet in 1910. The ballet was very much part of this find-your-own-voice nationalist trend I was talking about in that Stravinsky wrote it for the impresario and patron of the arts, Sergei Diaghilev, who at the beginning of the 20th century seemed intent on selling everything Russian to the French, especially to the Parisians, who lapped it all up. Diaghilev took Russian art to Paris, Russian opera to Paris, and finally Russian ballet. The now famous Ballet Russe was specifically created to present Russian ballet in Paris. In a nutshell, the story of the Firebird is as follows. Prince rescues Princess from clutches of evil sorcerer Cachet with the help of good Firebird. Stravinsky produced a number of orchestral versions of this ballet. The one we are going to listen to is from 1919, a time when Stravinsky would presumably have been living in Switzerland, avoiding both the Russian Revolution and the First World War. He returned to Russia in 1962. The recording we will hear now is of Leonard Bernstein conducting the New York Philharmonic in 1958. delightfully spooky it's very spooky I, I love it and it just sets an atmosphere it's harmonically ambiguous we are as listeners made insecure it's this use of this octatonic scale that simultaneously leads down and up can hear it as it's undulating so like what mist. do you mean by octatonic scale <laughs> oh i'm sorry so a major scale is the one that you know we're very used to it's a tone semitone tone 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 semitone the, the order of the intervals but 
this scale uses uh, major scale da, 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 da. right on and you're going to sing the octatonic one for me excellent no the, <laughs> but that's a semitone tone semitone tone semitone tone semitone tone so a recurring pattern like that so it actually has eight notes in it not this the seven letter names and has a very different quality to it than the modes that we're used to Okay, so these notes, da dee da 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 dee, mm-hmm. they are using notes from this. That's right, that's right, and you can hear how it it sinks when you sing it, and then it rises, and it has these simultaneous uh, tendencies to it when you pick those notes. And it's so low down, you can barely hear it. It is low, very low orchestration. There's a there's a bass drum that you can hear rumbling in the background. That subtle addition of the violas heightens the tension a little bit. So the whole orchestra is playing in unison here. Yeah. And then. That goes on for a bit, and then we get this interruption uh, with... Uh, The bassoons, I think, is the section you're referring to. It has a regular rhythmic pattern. Dee-da-da, one, two, three, one... But here he disrupts that a bit because you got da da dee da da da. He's taking that the relationship with triplets that we hear the one two three yeah. and then one two one. You can hear him improvising almost at the piano because he's known to have composed at the piano and that freedom. And he was also known to be an excellent improviser. So you can hear these interruptions of fancy. This is more one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And then back to the the three, the three note relationship. Okay, so uh, should we move on to the next? Yes, this is the variation now that we're going to jump into. Uh, Well, we'll start with the five minutes dance, and and then it goes into the variation. Perfect. What we've got here are kind of trills. Yes. Uh, which, which again, creates a kind of timbre. It a, does. A sort of a texture. And it injects an energy into the music. And so now maybe the firebird has been spotted in this dark world and there's this shaft of light. And so musically, Stravinsky's created that image for us. And remembering that this is a ballet too, so you can imagine the choreography perhaps that, right. that joins this. And I think we, we're permitted to talk about images in our head because it's a ballet. Right. If Prince Ivan is wandering around a forest because he's supposedly hunting the, the firebird. Right? Precisely.
and this mass frenzy, right? Yeah, and I love the the clarinet at the end, like the tail feathers of the bird disappearing around a corner or something. You can hear the the firebird darting around, like it's caged already, trying yeah. trying to escape. It's fabulous imagery. Yeah, and dirum, brum, brum, brum. It's very difficult as a player to actually place those. They're not regular. Uh, they're, they're painting a picture more than creating a regular music expectation. Well, you can see the dancer trying to go this way or that way. Right. Or over here, you know, yeah. it, it, as we do in real life when we're startled and, and you know, we're looking for our escape. I mean, it, it's yeah. very literal. this regular one two three four five six and to me it's almost like pecking <laughs> sure really short sharp snappy kind of kind of little needles going into you absolutely yeah it's very bird-like I love the placed bass notes underneath. The the ground of this whole uh, variation in many ways. And for me, there are uh, layers of characters. So I can absolutely accept the, the idea of birds pecking, but there's also a character trying to catch the bird. It sounds clumsy. It's, it's not a regular rhythm. And trying right. to get... The bird. Let's listen to the bass line. So the bum, 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 And then what have we got over the top? We have... Flutes, clarinet. doing this vicious uh, variations and, and ornamentation over the top of this thing, which is scurrying around for me. You know, oh, didn't get me this time, didn't get me this time, and just messing with our heads. So if you can hang on to all of those things, the flute uh, and the strings in the middle and then this bass un underneath. And I like that. Ding, dun, dun, ding, dun, dun, at the end of each line. When you're playing the violin, you're not really aware that there's actually a melody there. But there is a right. kind of melody. Right, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah, but underneath the cha-cha-cha, there's a dun-dun-dun.
is we're saying that, that again I'm focused on strings <laughs> for some reason all of this is uh, some, what they call ricochet so right. you throw the bow at the, the violin rather than pulling it and, and you bounce it and it, so it gets these brum. yeah you don't act the bow doesn't travel through the air you're still holding on to it yes even, yeah, yeah. But, but sometimes you uh, end up throwing I it. think it's very much worth mentioning that there's a lot of technique that Stravinsky is employing to emphasize the images that, that he wants right He's, and yeah creating these colors through different technical absolutely and for me, I can imagine the equivalent kind of articulation to a pianist that's playing, you know, you yeah. know, and he has managed to find a way to recreate that in the stringed instruments. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> there. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot easier to conduct than it is to play. <laughs> I don't know. Once you've got the rhythm going, well, that's right. Not, not rhythmically all over the place. But I, I think that's a, a really interesting challenge for the orchestra that's looking at this is to understand how those their roles um, fit together, right, and permeate the the whole piece. So let's listen to the beginning of the next movement, which is the princess's round, where the princess hangs out that Prince Ivan finds and falls in love with. Isn't that beautiful? It's so interesting because this whole texture at the beginning here is woodwind. Yep, flute yeah. and horn. And then into the mix of that, he just adds two bars, three bars of solo violin uh, with vibrato. And it just adds a, a sweetness, a warmth. There's the horn. Yes. Two flutes. Yeah, in octaves. So. And then... This is almost a home sweet home melody. But, you know, the the most beautiful part about it is, of course, the contrast, too. So we've just left a, a, a fiercely challenging rhythmic entity in that variation, and then it just transforms. Registration, l the legato quality of the sound is all changing our mood. Okay, we now move on to the point where the firebird comes to the aid of Prince Ivan. And remember, there's an evil sorcerer and the evil sorcerer's minions. The firebird creates a melody that gets all these minions dancing and they all dance themselves to death. And so this is called the Infernal Dance of King Kesha. It, it's important to understand where we come from, which is that plaintive, calm, gentle, and then this suddenly happens to the audience.
So what have we got here? We have this massive great crash. It has a regular rhythm. This driving energy but all it, the way through. But it's interesting, when I first started listening to this, it took me so long to actually be able to keep counting. One, two, three, one, two. Oh, interesting. Sure. Yes, yeah, sure. Because there's so much that is not on the beat. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's part of its energy and what's kind of disturbing about it too. Uh, so absolutely, yeah. So what we mean by not on the beat, so if you've got this one, two, three, one, two, three, off the beat, the beat, da, 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 da. What what it does is it we don't actually get to play or have the satisfaction of hearing a downbeat. Bum 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 is where where I'm clapping is where the our our heart and soul want to put the energy, but Stravinsky denies us. Gives it a real, you know, edgy kind of on the seat edge of your seat kind of sound, eh? Yeah. There are horns you're hearing yeah. mostly. And then you hear trombones, which are, are clearly a bit anxious about the orchestra not being on the beat. Well, they bring it back. <laughs> That's I know. Right. That's it. They're arguing can... with the rest of the orchestra, yes. Now, this is on the beat. These sudden shrieks, the yum, the first chord, and every time the chord comes back, that yum, it's always on the beat. Very much so. Which is why it kind of feels like it almost is in the wrong place, because it's not fitting with everything else, because everything else is off the beat. Which gives one that sense of unbelievable tension. <laughs> we got some glockenspiel or something in there Sign telephone the yes the and who's playing that's your horn first horn and trump and trumpets yeah There's a new kind of heartbeat there. Then this uh, suddenly uh, that three-four pulse that we've been uh, uh, negotiating right. in the opening becomes a two-four pulse here. One, two, one, two. So we go one, two, three, one, two, three, mm-hmm. one, two, one, two. That's right. One, two. Yep. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one.
I have to say, this is a, a very on the seat of your pants recording. Well, it's Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> what can I say? What would you say in summary? Have you got advice for listeners who come into this kind of thing? I, I love the opportunity for somebody to hear this the first time and it, who isn't expecting that amazing shot at the beginning of the Infernal Dance, for example, mm-hmm. and just gets pinned to the back of their seat. It's really exciting. And I, I can remember my first experience in a concert hall and, and hearing that and just being having my mind blown. This piece, it turns a corner orchestrally. It's not like anything else that you hear. And that's why, of course, I think Stravinsky is in that lineage of, you know, Mozart, Haydn, Beethoven, Brahms, no, 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 Stravinsky. Mm-hmm. And it's a special piece. He was 26 years old. That blows my mind. He, he had something to prove. This was his big chance. And so sit back and just be blown away by this, this kid's genius. Well, thanks very much for talking to me. Oh, great pleasure. Let's do it again. Okay, so you were listening to Leonard Bernstein conducting the New York Philharmonic in a 1958 recording of Stravinsky's in 1919 version of the Firebird Suite. Thank you very much for listening.